0: From deep inside the heart of future liberty state, brought to you once again by On Fire Ministries and the legacy of Doctor Stan Monteith, bringing you the story behind the story and the news behind the news. is Not about right or left, it's about right and wrong. That hope not being in man, but in Jesus Christ. About not ending in prayer, but moving to action. And if you will, fifth generation warfare for God. Ephesians two nineteen through twenty two. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints. And are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling or habitation of God in the Spirit. I want to give a couple of quick words here to everybody listening. Tonight with your family, go home, read Isaiah 65. This is America today isaiah sixty five and i want I want you to hear the promises of God in the middle of chaos and hear what the Lord has to say and first i'm going to impart this scripture zechariah two five but I declare but I, declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire to her on all sides, and I will be the glory in her midst. That is a promise to each one of us. And I want you to check out Isaiah 65, and I'm going to highlight two things, but, but it's, it's, a long, it's a long chapter, but I want everybody to read the whole thing. Read it with your family tonight and hear what God says about his people When trouble comes, and and it's specifically referring to this last time. Okay, so in the middle of judgment, part of the country being judged because evil, they've let evil come in, so judgment follows evil. These are the promises to his servants. Behold, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. And he's speaking of those people that are judged. Behold, my servants will drink but you will be thirsty. Behold, my servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. Behold, my servants will shout joyfully with a glad heart, but you will cry out from a painful heart and you will wail from a broken spirit. You will leave your name as a curse to my chosen ones and the Lord God will put you to death. But my servants will be called by another name because the one who is blessed on the earth Will be blessed by the God of Truth, and the one who swears an oath on the earth will swear by the God of Truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hidden from my sight. I think we all understand that in this next year there is going to be a lot happening. There is going to be financial uh, downturn uh, in the country and in the world. There are inflationary policies right now that haven't even begun yet to bear fruit. And we also know that there are other countries in the world who are devaluing their currencies faster than those here in the United States. And as a result of that, the United States dollar is getting stronger, but inflation is still happening. And it's the secret or hidden inflation, which is the hidden printing of money, not on the books, that a lot of people have not accounted for. Probably talk about that in a totally separate episode. But it's, it's the point of a crisis that will be used to roll out a central bank digital currency. In other words, all the other digital currencies will be outlawed, but the central bank digital currency, good to go. And you need to understand, we all need to understand, that this is by design that they've let these digital currencies go for a while to get people used to them. So that ultimately when they shift to a central bank digital currency, so the only digital currency that would be uh, accepted anywhere, that people are used to it. And also on top of that, that they will be willing to sacrifice even more of their liberty for whatever contrived security will save them from whatever... Crisis comes. Now, this could be another health crisis, another fake pandemic could be. And I I want to say something. Obviously, there was a pandemic, obviously. But the reaction to it made it fake. The reaction to it was way out of proportion to what it actually was. And I don't want to quibble about the definition of pandemic. But the bottom line is the reaction had nothing to do with actual public health. It had everything to do with implementing and imposing control mechanisms. I think we all know that. And so as we come into this next potential crisis, maybe this is going to be an economic crisis that will drive this. We need to understand that they, the powers that be, the globalists and the communists, will put something out there to see how everybody reacts to it, then they'll go to the next thing. And so like right now, for example, you you hear about uh, this exercise 201 about the next potential pandemic that might be focused specifically on kids. You you hear about what's happening in the world in regards to the economic uh, collapse, and then immediately they're talking about central bank digital currency is the way to go because it takes away the black market and all these horrible things are happening. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of all that, FTX. Well, we can't have that because look at what happened. It's corruption. Well, it's their own people. So they set up the crisis, and then they come riding in on a white horse with the solutions. This is what they did with World War I and World War II with the League of Nations and then the United Nations, and they to have World War III so that they can implement a one-world government. Now, one of the things that I've been watching for is one-world religion. We're going to get to that here in a second. But in the midst of all of this, God says, we will be fine. We will be provided for. Now, this doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean some people uh, aren't going to have to risk their lives. It doesn't mean some people aren't going to be martyrs. But from his kingdom perspective, we are safe. And that we should be where he is moving right now. And we should not, again, be praying for revival. We should be praying to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into the fields. We should be equipping his churches. And I I really haven't heard this defined, so I'm going to define it for you. Teaching people how to pray for healing. Teaching people how to pray for deliverance. Teaching people how to comfort those who are mourning. Teaching people how to prophesy which means to edify and build up and exhort and comfort. How to, and that's the definition in the New Testament. How to do that? Equipping them to be, be willing to go out where they don't necessarily have a pastor with them. They're by themselves, and they can not only preach the gospel, they can do these other things that Jesus commanded. That's equipping. Discipling, mentorship, bringing people in and mentoring them, answering the hard questions that mature Christians have had to struggle with and wrestle with their li- their entire lives, you know, and the answers that God has given them. Also, reaching out into the community. There's some really cool events coming up, uh, some big revival events coming up, and some huge speakers coming up in the next year. I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser right before New Year's about what, We can expect coming to Spokane, Washington, but I was just down at America Fest down in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, let's just say some of the things that are coming are going to be huge, and I just want to thank all of you for supporting us here at On Fire Ministries and bringing these things in. We are also going to have some really, really interesting guests uh, some of the free Chinese people are going to come on to Patriot Radio, met some of them down there, fantastic Freedom Fighters. We're going to get connected with them. And we, we want to give you the analysis that really isn't happening anywhere else. Now, there's a lot of smart people out there, and you want to listen to a bunch of different people so you can get different perspectives. But we want to be that, that place, that source for you that is unique. It combines both the national and the local. And we have some really great guests coming on here in the new year. And with that, I'm going to move now to your daily intelligence briefing. And on the international front, we're going to start with this. Now, I, I just talked about a one-world religion. Pretty much they have the one-world government idea sewed up. They have the one-world economy sewed up. So you have, And then the, the sub-vetting... Um, Places for this are as follows: for the One World Government, the Council on Foreign Relations. So they vet people through that, and first they actually vet them through the Aspen Institute. So they vet them through the Aspen Institute, and they vet them through the Council on Foreign Relations. And then those are the ones that kind of grow up into that power structure, the the real power behind the scenes for the One World Government. Then you have on the economic side, you have people vetted through Chambers of Commerce, locally and nationally. Then it, they're they're also brought into something that a, a lot of people maybe haven't heard of called the Trilateral Commission. Uh, Nelson Rockefeller, uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski, all part of this stuff, and they're trying to vet people that are going to be part of this one world economy. So these are bankers, these are these are large businessmen, multinational corporations, etc. Okay. But the one thing that had been languishing kind of was the one world religion until two weeks ago at COP27. We had Alex Newman on here to talk about it. I'm going to play a couple clips here. Travis has got a couple clips queued up. I want you to hear these things. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, We're going to play the, the first clip, and then I want to give a little bit of commentary. Then we'll play the second clip and just listen to what these people believe. Now, this is an Orthodox metropolitan, a supposed evangelical minister or affiliate, and then also a Jewish rabbi. So they're trying to go over and and co-opt most of the major religions. And these guys legitimately believe what they are saying. And I'm going to tie this then into things like Nord Stream and other things that have happened. So you get a bigger geopolitical picture of what is going on in the world. So we're gonna go ahead and roll this, Travis, the new 10 Commandments.
1: And the climate crisis is also a crisis of the heart and of the soul. And and because according to Jewish mysticism, there are five levels of soul. And humanity is living right now mostly at the first level of soul, the lowest level. And that's why much of humanity is so deep in consumerism. Even here at the COP, you see, you know, double cheeseburgers, etc.
0: Double cheeseburgers are and consumers.
1: In order for us to have a sustainable planet, in order for us to curb climate change, we need to raise our spiritual level of awareness. It's taking place, but it's 99.9% in the head. And the climate crisis is also a crisis of the heart oh. and of the soul. And, and, and because according to Jewish mysticism, there are five levels of soul. And humanity is living right now mostly at the first level of soul, the lowest level. And that's why much of humanity is so deep in consumerism. Even here at the COP you see, you know, double cheeseburgers, et cetera. And in order for us to have a sustainable planet, in order for us to curb climate change, we need to raise our spiritual level of awareness we can't do it any other way there's no amount of data and science which is going to show the way because we've seen that we're here at cop 27 which is 34 years after the u.n process on climate change began in listen
0: to that he's, he's admitting the, the history of this
1: in 1992 someone asked the u.s climate negotiator the, the U.S. climate negotiator under the first George Bush, why he was there, he said, "I'm happy to represent America at the climate negotiations as long as the American way of life is not up for negotiation." And so something needs to change, and religious leaders need to be the what needs to change behind that spiritual ecological change, and those who oppose this agenda now, from a religious basis, will actually come to see that. Metropolitan seraphim and myself and other religious figures, James, that were not serving idols, that were rather trying
0: to break the idol of materialism. Wow. Okay, Travis, that's good. So you heard that the American way of life, now you, you notice he, he, he said it was a bad thing that one of an, one of our presidents stood up and said, the American way of life is not up for negotiation which is the right stance. And then he says, but something has to change. Well, what has to change? It's the American way of life. They want to change the American way of life. And you heard what that means. Like, to him. Travis, they're coming after double cheeseburgers. And I I don't know about you, but I think a lot of God-fearing, red-blooded Americans are going to say, you come after my double cheeseburger? Those are fighting words. Okay, and this is... This is what they believe. We have more than enough grazing land. We have more than enough cattle. If we just got out of the way of our farmers and ranchers, got out of the way of our entrepreneurs, we would be fine. You oh, know, by the way, pollution in places where there is capitalism, which means, by the way, I want to define this, free markets, because it capital is the means of production. So capitalism, all systems are capitalist. It just it, How much are they capitalist? This idea goes against what a free market is. And free markets actually are curbing pollution, becoming more efficient, because we're getting out of the way of people that want to innovate. So when you hear this kind of stuff, they literally are saying, we want the American way of life to change. They don't want you eating a cheeseburger. They want you eating bugs. And they've said that. Crickets. They want you... To live in an apartment, which is a 200-square-foot little... Travis, I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning, I like to stretch. The Chewinis like to have a little place to run around and play. I don't know. 200 feet. That's smaller than the studio here. 200 square feet. An apartment. And you will be happy. You will own your property, and you will be happy. It's what these people believe. They legitimately believe this. And they say, you know, climate is a crisis of the heart. Now he as with all things that that are rooted in evil there is a little slight truth there. Yes, this is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of doing what our Lord and Savior told us to do. It's a matter of what our creator told us to do. And that is to take dominion over creation, to steward it well. Doesn't mean we're supposed to be wasteful. Doesn't mean we're supposed to be clear-cutting large swaths of land without any sort of replanting happening. We're supposed to be good stewards. Although some clear-cuts actually have benefited the environment, but I'm not going to go there today. We need to be good stewards. That's what the key is. God has called us to be good stewards, and that means that we're not supposed to just let forests lay languishing so they burn up in the summer. We're actually supposed to steward the land. These people... I wonder if they flew there on jets. That would be my question. Because it's always, do as I say, not as I do with these people. Because they always will be the ones taken care of, and it'll be us little people that'll be eating bugs in our apartments. Travis, let's roll the next one. Now, I want you to hear this. This is the new Ten Commandments and the Third Covenant. This is what he really says. Listen carefully because he uses
2: language that kingdom-minded Christians would use. And so with a t- new kind of Ten Commandments of Climate Change, which are an addendum to, not a replacement for, the original Ten Commandments, and a third covenant that we're some kind of working on between mankind and creation, that we would refocus on those elements of the teachings from across religions that point us in the direction of fixing the problems that we've created so that life can thrive on this planet and so that we can build that proverbial kingdom of heaven here on earth. We can build a world without suffering, but we can't do it if we're arguing about who's doing what or, or and why that's good or bad. We need to come to a common understanding of what's important and then a context-specific action plan that allow us to achieve our goals as, as, to end suffering, to take care of the poor, to take care of the immigrants, to make sure that this world that we're building is one that is just and that honors the vision of a loving creator.
0: And a loving creator said take dominion. He did not say these guys are bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. He said that his sons and daughters are. And you, you see the twisting that goes on here. A new take. Oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Everybody got offended. We didn't mean a new Ten Commandments. We mean an addendum to the Ten Commandments, as if God needed somebody to add to the Scripture. In fact, there's a a verse about people adding to Scripture. Interesting. Anyway, so they went up on Mount Sinai, and they did this new dedication of these anti-Ten Commandments. And there's something very interesting in these anti-Ten Commandments. It's all centered on basically us giving everything up. And the Ten Commandments very clearly say, Thou shalt not steal, which implies a right of property ownership. Shalt not envy, right of property ownership. And so it is clearly diametrically opposed to the actual word of God. This was a key for me. When I saw this, I knew that now they're working on the one-world religion. So you're going to see a lot more in regards to this. You heard on this show how we reported that the Pope and uh, the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar University, the foremost Sunni uh, university on Sunni jurisprudence in Islam, basically signed this religious cooperation agreement. They're going to try to paint everybody who is in the way as being in the way of progress and being in the way of this and that. Look, at people have had enough and especially here in America. We're going to get to some of the things that are happening, but this is the apostasy that is talked about. When people start saying they're Christian going down this road of worshiping the creation rather than the creator and obeying what he actually commanded us to do, now, when we, we have actually followed out that kingdom mandate, we see massive change happening. We see more prosperity. We see more people being helped. But when you see centralized control, look at r- how Russia's run. Look at how communist countries in Asia are run. Always lagging for infrastructure, always lagging for food, always lagging in supplies, always lagging. Because it takes time for the people at the top to decide what is best for me and you. All right, that brings us next to Belarus and Ukraine. I need to really tell you guys a little bit about this, give you kind of a historical picture, so you understand what is happening. First of all, if you have not seen it, I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about this today. Some people ask me about it, but the fake fall of the former Soviet Union. All right, now, some people have never even heard this before, but I want to, I I, I just got to tell you about it, all right? In Russian disinformation, so this is, it's called disinformatia, in the former Soviet Union, okay, they would put out controlled opposition. These are people that are controlled, that'll say things that sound like they're against what's going on in the government of the former Soviet Union, but they never seem to be ever arrested or attacked for it. So you always watch for people here in the United States that pretend to be opposition to Biden or the communists, but they never really get attacked. They never really get viciously attacked, okay? So with this, they also had what are called faints or a dialectical step backwards. It would look like they were going in a certain direction but they were actually they were actually taking a step backward and waiting and then they would go forward again when they could. The fall of the former Soviet Union is one such case. Anatoly Galitsyn was an ex KGB officer who spent 15 years in Soviet intelligence work. So he was one of the highest ranking Soviet officials that has de- defected to the West. He defected in 1961. He wrote two books about the Soviets' grand strategy. So this dude was a thinker. He was trying to tell us how the Soviets thought five moves ahead if they ever got to a point where the United States got too strong. And his predictions were extremely accurate. By the end of 1993, 139 out of 148 of his predictions were fulfilled. And, and so he, he, these predictions were, you know, he wasn't like a prophet. He just was a former KGB officer who knew their grand strategy and their grand plan and the deception that the Soviets used in their grand plan. So part of what the, the deception was, was the phony fall of the Soviet Union. But before they did that, they were going to penetrate uh, intelligence services in the West Convince Western intelligence services of the authentic, uh, you know, authenticity of fake intelligence. And you can read this on the fake breakup of the Soviet Union, Anatoly Galitsyn, uh, History of the Revolution. Okay, so, so has that happened? Have they infiltrated the highest levels of our intelligence? That- Travis, did you hear that? Did Anatoly Galitsyn predict the deep state? He did. What if the president of the United States was a Chinese proxy? Could you imagine such, oh, the realities that this guy's talking about? Sam Faddis bringing this up here recently. Time for a new church committee to send people to jail. Not only over the government, you know, completely ignoring, completely ignoring. The First Amendment. But intentionally using taxpayer resources to silence their critics in Twitter, I mean, that, that's the, one of the biggest scandals of the last 50 years. And if anybody on the left is countenancing that, thinking that's okay, and, they, and there are some because they're, they're just rabid communists who hate America. They actually hate people because it is a satanic worldview. You, you, you see this you're on the left, you legitimately have to say, I can't be a part of that. I can't be a part of using taxpayer money to silence critics. If you're being honest with yourself, you can't. Sam Faddis has this, but he also talked about, is Joe Biden a Chinese agent? And raising the question of all of the things, is he that compromised? You know, this is, again, something Anatoly Golitsyn predicted. Now, the other parts that he predicted here, too, um, they would promote the idea that ideology is dead in the communist bloc. They promote the idea that there is an an ideological split between Moscow and Beijing and make it look like the Russians and the Chinese were really separate when they're not. And I got to tell you something. There are a few people at the national level that I heard recently that were, were thinking that we could split Russia and China. That is a fake KGB deception literally predicted by Anatoly Galitsyn that people would think that they could split China and Russia when they've always been together. And we've seen that more and more where China is tripling down now on its relationship with Russia. All right. They would establish controlled opposition movements in block countries. They would prepare to organize their agents in dissident movements, and anti-communist revolutions. So again, controlled opposition. They would break up the Warsaw Pact and collapse collapsed the Soviet Union in controlled fashion. Now, how do we know that that collapse was fake? Because none of the people in the KGB who were supposedly running for their lives ever really lost their positions and instead just moved right on into the new governments. In fact, very interestingly, there is a former communist, at least that's what he claims, who is now the head of Germany. And you can actually go back and look at his history. These people would just fold in. And this is what Pastor Paweł Hoyeski was talking about in Poland, where these people were never truly decommunized, were never truly kicked out of government. They were just folded into the new leadership. And so then you have to ask the question is communism really dead? No. And so therefore, Russia should never be trusted. Putin is not the savior of the West. He is a Communist agent. He is literally a former KGB head. He is literally the guy who helped to infiltrate the Orthodox Church and put agents at the head of the Orthodox Church in Russia, which is why the Ukrainians wanted to close it down because this was so well documented. The Orthodox Church was riddled with KGB agents. You could talk to people that have immigrated here. To Spokane, Washington, that were in the former Soviet Union, you talk to them here, and they will tell you about that they will they will confirm it, but more than that, you can read the Metroikan archives, you can read the broken Soviet cables in the in the Venona transcripts. you can read these guys that defected like general Mihai Pachepa, and General Pachipa clearly said this was the case, so now we have. Something big happening in in this area of the world, and I'm going to end here. Back on November 26th, Belarusian Foreign Minister Vladimir McKee suddenly died. Just within two weeks after that, all of a sudden, there's this flurry of of Russian officials, former Soviet, maybe they are still so Russian officials coming to Belarus. And then culminating two days ago with Vladimir Putin himself coming and Shoigu coming to Belarus. So you have what appears to clearly be a new agreement between Belarus and Russia for Belarus to come into the war. It has just been reported yesterday that 23 plus T-80 tanks and a whole host of supplies were headed south toward the Ukrainian border. And that Belarus's missile forces have now gone into combat status. So it very clearly looks like this is, is is expanding into a broader war, that Belarus is going to enter the war, and that that is why Zelensky traveled to the United States just yesterday, visited with Congress, and then flew immediately back to Poland and met with the Polish president. Clearly, this is what it looks like. And we may be at war here sooner than you think. I'm always the person that will look at what's the worst case scenario that they attack on Or do something on Christmas Eve. Especially when the weather is so bad in the western United States and central United States right now. they do something right when we least expect it? So this Christmas, I want you all just to be thanking God for your family, for your friends. Sharing this podcast. Educating people on what's going on. And pressing into our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Coming into his... Presence through worship and prayer, so that he can be at the center of our hearts and return to the center of our countries. And that's the briefing. Merry Christmas, everybody.